Hello, and welcome to Magic is Real, a podcast focused on the fascinating world of near-death experiences, spirit communication, and all things metaphysical and spiritual. The mission of this project is to share messages of hope and inspiration with others, and to spread the word that death is only an illusion. Thank you for being here with an open heart and mind. I wish you peace, light, and love always. Magic Israel listeners, thank you so much for being here today. I am so excited to introduce to you my friend, Mary Campbell, who is the author of Solutions from from the Soul, Eight Keys to Opening Your Ability to Communicate with Spirit. And I'm just going to read the uh, blurb on the back because I'll never remember all the things. Mary is a motivational, heart-inspired medium, spiritual guide, mentor, and international best-selling author. Worldwide, she provides accurate, heartfelt, and compassionate messages. I have watched her do this. Born a third-generation spiritual medium and psychic, as well as an animal communicator. She has multiple certifications in psychic and mediumship. Psychic, oh, yes, Psychic and mediumship, Akashic record reader, animal communication, and Reiki master, trained in psychic detective work and spirit art, fulfilled her passions for these fields. For these fields, Mary, thank you so much for being here today. Yes, I'm so excited. Thank you for inviting me. Me too. Uh, I just wanted to start by letting you know that I just finished your book and read your book, and I was just telling you all the things I liked about it, but I would like to tell all of the readers, I mean, all the, the readers, the viewers and <laughs> listeners about it. Uh, you can get the book on Amazon. And what I liked about it is it's really an introduction to spirit communication in general. Um, but it also talks about your life and how this came to be. And that's what I want to want to start with. Um, and then we'll go back because I do want to touch on some things in the book. But I would love to start by having you share your past and how you got into this field, what your childhood was like. I know that you're third generation, so I'd love to hear about that as far back as you want to go. Little Mary, what was going on for her and how did you know that you were a medium? Well, you know, as little Mary, little Mary didn't know, <laughs> but um, I would see spirit people in my room. And I would tell my mother and nobody's in here. And I'd be, yes, they are. <laughs> I was kind of, a, I was shy, but I was strong-willed at the same time. Um, and, you know, in hindsight, you find out things about your childhood later, at least I did. And I came to learn that my mother was actually very narcissistic. And it's not a judgment call against her or anything. I understand that. But what it did was it left me alone a lot. I mean, I have my brother and my dad, but I had all this time. And as far back as I can remember, we were in Alaska then, Kodiak, Alaska. So I'd just be running around with the bears and the foxes and all the wild critters you still um, do by the way I still do <laughs> not in Alaska time. but yeah <laughs> in Texas yeah yeah but um so when you have that time by yourself in hindsight I really feel that like spirit was my friend 
and spirit protected me and guided me. And now as an adult, I can reflect back on that and realize that. And I feel like a lot of people have those childhood spiritual experiences that maybe they forgot about, or maybe it just never went anywhere or the shame of it or the religious component or, oh, people think I'm crazy. I didn't think of any of those things. I could talk to the animals. I could talk to the trees. I mean, I really believed it. And, and somehow I'd always be rescuing like little birds and this and that. So I was very enmeshed in the outdoor world and in the spirit world. Cause like I said, I would see spirit people in my room and I didn't understand it. And sometimes I was scared of it and I was afraid, you know, kind of like the boogeyman or, or something like that. Um, I remember one time in this old house we lived in, there are pirates in the house. And I'm like, pirates? I was scared. And my mom's like, nobody's here. You know, and I'm like, whoo, covers overhead. You know, like you hear those, those yeah. uh, experiences that their children have. So it was very real. And it carried through my life. I would just know things about people. I would know before they opened their mouth what they were going to say. Or I would just, like, thoughts would drop in. And that would lead me down a path. You know, like spirit was talking to me. Um, and I've always been a visual person and an auditory person hearing. So songs would pop in my head that... I'm like, why is this song popping in my head? But it would be relevant to somebody. Crazy, you know, the old thing like, oh, you know, the phone's gonna ring and it rings. Um, you know, somebody's coming over and they do. Or you know, somebody's gonna invite you to dinner and have pizza. I would just know these things. And then I reached my teens and there's a lot of drama in my, my parents' house. They were kind of, not they didn't get divorced but they did eventually separate and so at that point when spirit was still coming around i just said no i'm done i'm done you can't bother me anymore i don't want this and so i kind of shut it down and then i went through my life you know went to school had relationships this and that kids and then when my kids were like out of high school right before they got out of high school it's like spirit came tapping at my door again you've got to do this you've got to do this and so i felt like this magnetic pull that i've got to get in the spirit world and by then of course we had laptops and you could communicate with people so like in my book, I talk about, I went to that meditation. My friend invited me to this meditation. And I'm like, oh boy, I am not the kind of person that sits around and goes, oh, and there's nothing wrong with that. It just wasn't my personality. Yep. I'm an active kind of person, usually multitask. And, and so I, I thought she was crazy, but she was insistent. So I went to the meditation and it was wonderful. It was a, a guided meditation where she had music on and she spoke and we went on these little journeys. And 
So I did that like two years. And along with that, I joined a spiritual group with a wonderful woman who's passed now. And she was amazing. She used to speak with the brotherhood, kind of like how Abraham mm -hmm. comes to Esther. I knew Esther you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say exactly yeah. that. Yeah. And, and the brotherhood wasn't like one per it was a collective of consciousness over on the other side and we'd be like we did it on skype and oh my god i could see the people behind i could see these high masters behind her in her kitchen she'd sit at her kitchen table and right behind the sinks over there but you could see them it was incredible and she was incredible and she really believed in me and so then just, I don't even know how I met another medium and went to an event, which is totally out of my comfort zone. By then I had done nothing by myself because I raised my kids, they were in sports. Oh my God, I was taking them everywhere, doing everything. And then they're gone. And here I am, me, myself and I, because I got divorced by then. And I took a flight by myself. I hadn't done that before ever by myself. Well, maybe one time for a job. Uh, but so I did this big adventure by myself and it kicked off everything. It just lined up who I was supposed to study with, who I was supposed to meet, what I was supposed to do. And it was just magical like you. It's like the doors just kept opening this was the path i was supposed to go down and so in that path arthur finley college came up i'd always wanted to go there but i didn't want to go alone even though i knew lots of people that went by themselves so another friend wanted to go too so we didn't even know each other but we planned a trip and we went to Arthur Finley College together and we got along great and had the best time and all that. But when I was there, I had a mediumship reading with one of the mediums I was training with, Eileen Davies, who's mm. just fabulous. Yes, she's fabulous. fabulous. And she told me that spirit told her I'm supposed to write a book about the spirit world. Like, what? The spirit world? Oh what do i know i mean i know some the spirit world where they live what they do oh my gosh i'm like why they call me but i had already written some kids books based on my dog but that's just like you know few words and some color images <laughs> not to take credit away from it because they do have a good message for kids but I was just like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. And so I always had that back in my mind. But then other readings with other high caliber mediums, you're supposed to write the book. Yeah. Oh, man, the pressure was on. What do I say? What do I say? And so I kind of had some ideas. And then, you know, I, I went through this other mentorship and it's like, it just clicked. Mm -hmm. It just clicked. And I went, I, I have the missing pieces of what I need to share. And so I finally felt that place of confidence and 
knowledge about what it's really about and what I mean we can always learn more it's not I'm not the be all end all but the other half of me was kind of getting frustrated because I would hear all these myths or all these untruths about spirit world and the whole scary thing about it and evil and hauntings and all that and it's like that's good for Hollywood, yeah. but that's not the spirit world. And so I, besides being asked to do it by spirit, I felt that I had an ethical obligation to do it, to set the record straight. And so that's, that's why, oh, my book disappeared. I know. Ooh, spooky. <laughs> Woo, yeah, that's why I wrote the book Solutions from the Soul um, to help people who are spiritually curious know from the get go how you really should start out. Yeah. And that starts with not just like training, but it starts also with knowledge. You have to have the knowledge of the spirit world and what they really want. And it really is the healing between two worlds when this communication happens and so one has to step away from oneself one's ego and just share the love of what spirit wants to share that's you know right. yeah i actually um trying to figure out where to start because first of all i wanted to say that so much of your story resonates with me being a child who I had a very loving intact family, but I was elective mute. They call it selective mute now. And I was isolated. I had a large birthmark on my face. So kids told me I was ugly and it sort of ostracized me and add to that, that I was a highly sensitive person. Uh, and the doctors, I, I was sent to a child psychologist and they didn't they thought I might be autistic. I don't think at the time HSP was like a term that people were familiar with. And so it was just, she's very, very, very sensitive. And I had such bad anxiety that I shut down and I wouldn't speak to anybody except my baby sister. And that was select selective mutism. I had the ability to speak. In fact, I was already reading by the time I was three to a degree, but I could not handle the anxiety of other people looking at me or paying attention. So in that sense, I was very isolated and alone a lot of the time. And I remember thinking one day when I was in my room at age five, dressing up in some costume, thinking, there's something about me that's different. Now, of course, I yeah. was different because, like, you know, for everything I just mentioned. But then right, something about, I just, and I, I was five, so I'm not going to, it wasn't arrogance. I said, I'm special. There's something special about me. You could argue at the yeah. time, later, I just thought, oh, maybe I just had to convince myself of that to make it all okay to be ostracized. But now it all makes so much sense uh, that I was not more special than anyone else, but that I had this sensitivity that was going to be a gift. And that allowed me to tap into so much more than your average person does. Right. And like a lot of people that are sensitive or have the potential for the abilities, you know, if they would hone them, train, um, they always feel kind of like I felt or you felt 
kind of like on the outside yeah. looking in. And I mean, it wasn't that I didn't belong. I had friends and yeah, all that, but inside of me, I felt there was something different, just like you mentioned. Yeah. And, and so, you know, you're kind of in your own little world and that a lot of sensitives or mediums or psychics are like that. They're the caretaker. They're the, the more mature of the people around them, let's say. It's, it's an interesting dynamic how that occurs. Um, and I have that too. Yeah. I remember even when I was older and I finally was speaking again and I did have friends, still had my birthmark. So I was, so I was shy, but I had really nice friends and kids weren't mean to me by that point. They were, yeah, cause right. I, cause I was very nice to everybody and which led to me being a people pleaser, but that's a whole other story. Exactly. Uh, but that's part of it yeah. too. The people it, it, well, the pleaser, em the empath stuff. Yeah. Um, and, but I did have friends, but I remember I could, Fortunately, it was at a time where we didn't have phones and computers. So I spent a lot of time in my imagination. I could lay there for <gasps> hours, like in the snow, just, I just brought that up as a memory of laying my neighbor's golden retriever would come over every day after school and we would just play together for hours and I would just lose myself in these, these worlds. Yes. And so I think, um, part of mediumship, which we'll get back to is, um, I still have more questions, but is that having a strong imagination really exactly. lends itself to the art of mediumship. I do want to ask you, because I know that you're one of the few people that I know that actually see spirit as if not just in your mind, but in front of you and that it just happened to you again recently. But can you explain when you saw those pirates, for example, or other, and also can you explain, did you see them everywhere you went or did they come to you in the night when things were still? Or how did they present themselves to you? And what did they, were they translucent? Did you know they weren't real? How did you distinguish them from the 3D world? Right. And and that, just to tap on the imagination oh, thing. Oh, please. Um, that, yes, I was very imaginative. I read a lot. And, and part of all that reading puts a library in your head that spirit can draw on but like the pirates when i was little oh they were like real they were like like you see me i see you they were like whoa they were definitely full body um other spirit people i've seen can be more translucent it can be daytime it doesn't matter the time of day doesn't matter like for instance, I'll, I'll share a quick story. Yeah. I lived next door to my folks. And before I moved back to Texas, I was in California and I visit a lot. So they have this one bedroom that I would stay in. And one time I was walking in the room, it's middle of the day and there was a rocking chair there. It's not like an old antique rocker, just a rocking chair. And this old woman was sitting there and I'm like, uh, no. This is my room. Did you, you gotta how, leave? How did, excuse me, how did you know who, like, that they weren't just people wandering around your house? Context? Is that the only way that you're like, that person doesn't belong here? And I know they didn't break in through the window. Yeah, it was a spirit person. Yeah. 
But how did and, you, how did you know at the time when you're a kid, or even now? Oh no, you, this is this was uh, well, this was recently, or right? So. Yeah. Now you do, but how did you know back then what the difference was between a spirit and a person? I didn't. Yeah, I didn't because, like in the book I mentioned, I would talk to my great grandmother. She was dead. Yeah. But I would still talk to her. Mm-hmm. So when you're a child, you really, at least my experience, um, you're just so ex- accepting, accepting. Yeah. of so many things because those kinds of things I kept to myself yeah. after the pirate debacle and other examples, I did not tell my folks anything. Yeah. I just stayed in my own little world because I knew I believed and that's all who needed to believe. Right. Yeah. That's so interesting. I also, I often, I probably don't want to see them, but I still do pray to see them sometimes. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. And it can happen. It can happen. Like I was at a workshop, a mediumship workshop, and it was training platform training. And so it was my turn to be up there. And I, I felt I'm drawn to this person in the front row and then it's like her mother just stood there and she was kind of translucent but she just stood there and the mentor critiquing me kept going well you need to throw it out to the rest of the audience and I'm like no she's right but I'm drawn to her and and then afterwards I told her I saw her mother there yeah I knew it was and it was for her right but So that's like how that happened. So, oh, and then um, in my own place, one morning I got up. This was about, I don't know, maybe four months ago. I got up in the morning to get my coffee and I'm looking down the hall and there's a Comanche Indian standing there. That's what you told me. (laughs) I know. Does it scare you when you see it? Even though it doesn't, because I mean, I know that I'm not afraid of, I'm not afraid of spirit, but if I see them, when I, if I were to see them in my house, when I'm not expecting it, I could imagine that could be like, you know, scary, not, not because they're a spirit, but because obviously this person was not just a person off the street, but I think it was more like, whoa, that's really incredible. Yeah. Cause I could see his face paint and, and how he was dressed and I'm like, wow, what was he it doing was more, there? Did he communicate with you? No, he just stood there and, and I looked at him and in my head, I'm like, there's a Comanche Indian standing there looking at me. I didn't feel any fear. Yeah. I felt, you know, there was a lot of Comanche Indians around here in Texas. So, oh yeah, makes sense. He, he probably just popped in popped through and, the mail. Yeah, and he knows I have a strong affiliation yeah. for Native Americans because I have like spirit guides that are that, and I know one of them was like a sister from another time, and so it doesn't bother me at all. And it and it won't you because you'll just actually probably feel more excited. Yeah, that's why I want to see it because scary. yeah, because as of now, my mediumship is I don't want to say limited because it's pretty amazing what they can bring through just from impressions and thoughts and to tele- telepathic communication but because I tend to be someone that's 
naturally a skeptic. I'm always like, I need to see, I need to see. And I think spirit's just saying, no, you don't. You have to learn to trust before you can see um, because I keep looking for it to be the other way around where I'm like, but if I see then I'll know I'm in the pocket. I know I'm in the zone. Um, and they just gave me chills about something so, about that. So yeah. when, when you get your information, do are they like thoughts that come to yeah. you or i i think one part of a video i watched where you got chills like yeah i get sparkles not always or... yeah i get spirit tingles in fact i just got them now and yeah uh, me too see yeah me that's, too i love down that my legs yep. down my legs down my legs i yes. I, get, I it's my right leg specifically for some reason i'd love to talk to you about this too because for some reason it's always my right leg. It's always my, I even went to a neurologist, not for that, but for migraines. And I'm like, I just want to rule this out so that I don't think he's like, there's no, right, nothing right. that would cause that. And it's, it's, he's like, you don't have MS. You don't have anything. I'm like, I just want to rule it out so that I can continue to trust that when I get those feelings today, I was at uh, the Goodwill outlet and there are tons of people in there. Whenever I'm there, I get all the way down my right side um i start to get those tingles so there's that and i want to hear your take on that also i get um i'm very clairvoyant which for those who don't know is i see images in my mind but i've had to learn and clayton our mutual friend has really helped me just encouraging me to use all the clairs together to interpret so i see this but what's the feeling I have about it? And I'm starting to get better at just having the knowing of, okay, they're showing me this because, um, but I tend to get a little reliant on my clairvoyance, but I've started clairaudience for me just comes through as a thought. I don't know if you hear right outside of yourself. I, when I get names, I can get five in a row and I, I'm on fire with it. And then sometimes I throw out names and it's nothing, but when I get them, that's, it's more of a, it's a thought. It's just a very right. subtle Clarence. It just goes by me so fast that I'll be like Clarence. Um, so I'd love to hear your thoughts on whatever you want to, wherever well, you want to go the, from there. The clairvoyance, that's good because that will help you be able to see spirit people. Good. Um, but the way to operate, for lack of a better word, is when you're blending with spirit the most important is the clairsentience yeah the feeling and for me that was i mean i've always been sensitive empathetic all that but my clairvoyance was so strong and sometimes what happens when you're learning mediumship is for some people that's really strong but Mavis spatilla used to say to me you're not using your clairsentience and she was right, but man, yeah. I had the best movie I could name Me off facts like that. <laughs> Me too. Um, Me too. So it it, and the reason I was like that is because I I was I'm a registered nurse. I used to work trauma, ICU, ER. So you have to I would have to detach feelings to get the job done. So I learned, or then I did the psychic detective work. And you know, you just murder and all that, you just have to detach your feelings. And that's what happened. I detached my feelings. Not that I wasn't empathetic. Mm -hmm. I just had to operate a different way. And so I kind of had to go back to round zero and get that clairsentience really working. 
to allow the triad, like I talk about in the book, that the anchor is your clairsentience um, and your clairvoyance and your claircognizance, the thoughts that, that drop in, those are important. And when I hear, sometimes I'll hear actual sound, but a lot of times it's like you, it's whatever it is just drops in, you know, like, oh, I heard this or they're Mm -hmm. telling me whatever. Um, And then, um, and then I want to share a story because, you know, kids, children are so sensitive and nowadays it's more accepting for children to, you know, be aware of spirit world or past lives. Because I remember my past lives when I was a kid and then I'd share that and then they go, no, no, that couldn't be. You weren't even born then, you know. Mm-hmm. But when I was a kid, I always felt like I was in the wrong family. Interesting. And, and I always felt it. And I always felt like I should have sisters. I should have sisters. And so I would say to my mom, I wish you'd have more kids. I really need a sister. And because I just felt like I needed sisters because I already had a brother. And fast forward high school, it turns out the dad that raised me, who's wonderful, wasn't my biological dad. Mm. And and he died when he was 50. So he died really young. And, and so I didn't get a lot of chance to be with him. But because my mom had all this anger about my real biological father, she'd say all these bad things. So why would I want to look him up? The dad yeah. that died was so loving and so wonderful. But our paths crossed. And I got in touch with him. And I found out I had sisters amazing so I kind of was in the wrong family yeah I had the wrong name because my mother had my stepfather adopt me so I had his last name and I always felt like that name didn't belong to me either so kids are very very wise that's so cool and we shut this down yeah um so it's so much better now that people are more open and accepting of it for children because they do know so much so I kind of got off track no it's okay that's that's what we do and we do that's I always go off on tangents in real life because I can take one thing and run with it and there's so much to unpack here um and I yeah I, I once had this experience where I was babysitting for a kid and he was four I think four five not even five and suddenly he just looks over at this family that's sitting on the grass and he's a white kid and these kids are Mexican. It's in LA. I say Mexican because that's, they might've been from somewhere else, but we're in a very heavily Mexican area. So they're sitting there on the grass and he just goes, my family. And he goes running towards them. I just got chills. Um, Again, uh, he starts running and he starts sobbing and he's like, my family, I need my family. And he runs towards him and jumps and like runs into the man's arms. And I know I did kind of, I wasn't as spiritual as I am now at all. I mean, but I did know of that kind of thing. And I did ask his mom, she said, he's never said anything about it ever, but I still know to this day, he was hysterical. It was not, there was something either 
they were that his was, family or he they looked like a family he came from in another maybe he was oh he was Latin he American. was drawn soul yeah. to soul, soul that's, and yeah i i believe that because one time i have twin girls and they were like 14 i think and the movie came out about um ray charles yeah and and so we're and it's a big long movie so the girls and i are watching it and then we decided to take a break so we paused and we went in the kitchen and there's a lot of sadness in it as well and so we're in the kitchen and my one daughter who's very very psychic sat on the counter she starts sobbing and her sister and i are looking at her why are you crying oh my people my people and we're like uh they're not your people <laughs> it's a movie yeah but but it triggered Aww. some kind of past life thing in her yeah. even at 14 she yeah. felt that that pull like it kind of awoken something in her um so not to say that we were heartless but we were kind of like <laughs> we didn't hear yeah. people and then we went oh yeah yeah okay yeah it's that thing too where sometimes you're in a place the first time i i studied abroad in paris france and i went back to live there and i got there and i was like i've been here before this feels more like home than like anything to this day paris is like I know. And actually I had a few mediums say, do you know that you have a past life in Paris? I'm like, well, I have no way of corroborating that. I just feel that because when I was there, I just knew I was like, I've been here before. This is my life. I, I feel so connected with this place, which I love. Yeah. I feel like you were, I know, like, I'm, I mean, I could be totally wrong, but it feels I know, we, like the thirties or that's what I um, felt. Like I felt like it was All like right. the Gertrude. That's why I, I felt it was like the Gertrude Stein years, kind of like yes. the like the that real uh oh that was Bohemian. really sparky yeah. time over there. I, I know mean, artists and words and writings and yeah. music and paintings and yes. I yes. connect with that so strongly. And I actually have that feeling about Costa Rica too. I'm like, I mean, maybe everyone feels like that because it's such a warm place, but I really am like, I also think that I must've lived in some kind of Latin American country at some point, because this feels so second home to me. That feels like to me that you were more like more native. Yeah. In Costa Rica, that feels you know, right. like. I can see the leaves and you making the food stuff and yeah. um, more of a native person. Yeah, that there. feels so right too. Like I just, a long time ago. Yeah. Long um, time ago. It does. I, I And I now understand that all of these times where I was like, this feels so familiar as I've gotten older and, or not older, but rather as I've come into my spirituality, I now understand that when I used to wake up, for example, I remember saying I keep waking up in the middle of the night and going I forgot someone I forgot someone who is it and I could never I'm like it, it felt like a husband or a child or somebody that was so close to me and I didn't this was when I was not spiritual at all so I just uh -huh. kept thinking there's something that I keep waking up from thinking I left someone behind and now I understand that has to be a past life situation because it was so recurring and I kept feeling like I, I kept saying I'm missing somebody I'm missing somebody 
it actually feels like, and I could be wrong. I, it yeah. feels like you used to carry a little boy on your back. I would not, that would not surprise me because I always that's carry kids on my back. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm yeah, so, I, I chose not like. to have children, but I, because I, I need so, because as an HSP, I need so much space and so much calm, but I work at a daycare. I've been a nanny my whole life. And so I love babies and toddlers like crazy. I don't want any of my own, um, but that really, that, that really resonates. In fact, I was told by several mediums, do you know that, are you, they're like, you're not going to have kids, are you? I said, no. And they said, it's because in other lives, you had so many children and you took care of so many people that you came into this life saying, this is my time. And I said, that makes so much sense because I am very independent. Yeah. I feel like this one, this one boy, he didn't live very old. I feel like he passed as a child. I would believe but, that. But you were like this. I mean, I bet just like that. And I can see him on your back. That um, makes so much sense. But you know what? Before we started, I just want to throw this out yeah. there um, because this isn't a mediumship reading or anything like that. But there's this woman I feel that's connected to you. And she reminds me so much of Ethel Merman. Huh. And she's she's a woman who probably would have been from the 60s that would have been like her younger years and I'm looking of course at, that's hard to I, I know who Ethel, I know who Ethel Merman is but I want to see what she looked I don't know if it's I'm sure it's not but so this much is what she looks like what, it's her what it reminds me of is that old movie called it's mad mad world yeah. And she had on like a sundress, you know, how they'd be at the waist and yeah. it flares out and the handbag, the handbag's important. And she has like a hat. So it, I was immediately drawn to some really outspoken woman connected to you that just was gregarious and outspoken. And it, it doesn't have to be Ethel Merman, but right. I feel feel like she is connected to you because it's like she tells me that she got my voice but her voice isn't like my voice her voice is beautiful and I was loud and obnoxious kind of sort of I didn't think so but everybody <laughs> else did um she kind of has that kind of personality and costume awesome. jewelry um I'm sure this will you know how I'm going to tell the audience, and this is great because this happens all the time when two mediums yeah. get together and I've ended up reading guests while we're, you know, like every time, but it's always when it's another medium where our energy just stuff starts to come. So thank you for sharing that. I love that. I, I like to people to see how it works and how it comes up organically like that. But often we'll just be like, I can't think of who that is. And the next day you're like, I know who that is. Yeah, because she doesn't feel like she's like in the immediate inner circle of your family. Yeah. Feels like she's around the periphery, but you would know this woman. Your mother would probably know. Yeah, this I feel woman. like it's on my mother's side. I'm going to ask my mom about that. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I just had to get that out there. Thank you she, for doing. She for saying doesn't want to leave. No, thank you. That's what that's what this is about. And I will if I I'll talk to my mom before I post this so I can edit it um, if something comes up, because that has happened so many times where 
either the guest reads me, but you know, just because it happens, or oh, I read and- them, and then later we we corroborate it, but it, it was already up, and so I couldn't, you know. Yeah, right. And I feel like lipstick was really important. Like okay. she would put her lipstick on. That was really important. You okay, know. good to know. Pat her face and put her lipstick on. And go out. Great. Okay. I'll. I'll. My. There's. Yeah. There are a lot of women. Um, so I'll have to ask my mom if that resonates and I'm sure it will. Uh, that's happened. In fact, a few weeks ago, I interviewed someone and I just kept hearing Charlie Brown, Charlie Brown. And he was not able, he was like, I don't know what that is. And then the next day he emailed me after the video was up. He's like, I know what that is. <laughs> he's like, that was the nickname yeah. of my cousin who I grew up with, who was like my brother and, and his mother called him that. And she's in spirit. I was like, I know that's exactly what it is. Cause I kept saying, but- Nope, it's not the dog. It's him. It's him. And, uh, but, it but the voice time. is important. The voice, the voice is okay. important because you know Ethel Merman. She was a singer, but she also did some acting and comedy work. But um, could be I don't know because my my mother's father's mother, her I forget how he she pronounced it in German, but her I guess it's Hermione. It's the uh, is the equivalent, um, but that's not how she put Hermina, I think. And I don't know what she was like, but she looks so cute, and I just want to know all about her. I've seen pictures where I'm like. Oh, she looks like that actress from the Philadelphia Experiment, that blonde actress from the 80s. I can't remember her name. But anyway, um, thank you for sharing that. It's it, I, I love that because this whole time I've been sitting with you, I'm getting spirits just coming around us so fast. And I that I like to show that, too, because it's what happens. Um, and it actually gets me all excited about it again, because one of the questions I wanted to ask you is, and and we started talking about it, but... There are times in a mediumship's career where you're 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 like uh, on this upswing, and suddenly you're like, I am consistent, and all of my readings are going great, and I'm getting all this information, and I finally feel like I'm there, I'm locked in, and then suddenly you plateau, or you sort of, I I don't know if you're, I don't want to say you're losing the connection, but for some reason. You just kind of go through like these times where you're stronger than others. Um, and I know our, our mutual friend Clayton addressed that with me. Um, and uh, there and a lot of times there are reasons for it. We find out later like, oh, the reason I wasn't able to connect that well with this person's loved one is because they literally just died yesterday or or this person was just like, nope, don't want to hear from that person. Um, in fact, Clayton and I did a reading together because uh, I read a woman that I know peripherally. And I just mm-hmm. was struggling and she's lovely, but she's very British and very like not, she doesn't open up very easily. So I said, Clayton, I, can you read? I just feel so bad. Cause I'm like, she came to me as a client and I'm just not, I'm like, why couldn't I connect? I got some little things like little facts, but nothing was coming together. And then he read her with me and he's like, I'm getting the same thing that you were getting. And he's telling her like, this person wants to come through. And she's like, nope, I don't want to hear from that person. And he was like, well, you you know, and I realized that the person she wanted to hear from, he had stepped aside because this other person needed to come through with a message. And I was not as experienced as Clayton in order. To, well, I, I think I figured it out afterwards, but I realized it wasn't a failure. It was me trying to give her what she wanted instead of letting it come through organically. And that's sort of a side thing. But I would love to know the ebbs and flows that every medium has. Some days you're on fire. Some days you're like, ah, oh, it just wasn't quite there. 
first of all, why does that happen? And second of all, what are the reasons that that can happen? And second of all, how do we get through it? And how do we hold that connection when we drop out? Of okay, well, first, you're a human being, right? Yeah. So you're going to go through cycles and growth spurts in your spirituality. Um, but you also live real life. And so you could be affected by the moon, you could be affected by your sun sign, you could be affected by the weather or your home situation. So you have all these things around you. And that's why it's really important to know your own cycles, like the season, the time of year. Maybe you're a winter person, maybe you're a spring and you're sparky like me. And you talk about that in this book. Yeah, and yes. that really impacts it. Also, mediumship changes because spirit decides they want to work with you a different way. Yeah. That can happen. Um, like Mavis Patilla talks about how she always heard everything. How nice is that? Yeah. Always hear everything. And then she woke up one day, nothing. Yeah. No hearing. She had to start all over again. So that's like I was talking about the clairsentience. Um, not clairsentience, but the clairvoyance. Oh, I had movies yep, going like too. crazy, Hollywood. And and then it shifted and then I didn't see so much. Yep. And I'm a visual person. I love visuals, pretty things, art. Me too. And and so I had to readjust. And so that will happen. Your mediumship will change. And the best advice is just to be open like um. I know you said, oh, I always feel tingles on my right side. Well, you know what, Shannon? That might be good today, but tomorrow you <laughs> might wake up and gone. And then yep. you're like, now what do I do? Exactly. So that's why it's really important to hone on into the clairsentience, the clairvoyance, and claircognizance, like a triangle. And the clairsentience really is the anchor because when you blend with spirit, you're going to feel them. And if you have any vision, you're going to see them or the thoughts are going to drop down. Um, your claircognizance or your clairaudience hearing what's going on, if, you know, your conversation. So you just have to be kind to yourself. And, and the most important thing, like your scenario where this woman wanted to hear from whoever, her, who she want to hear from her husband? It was her husband. Yeah. Okay. So I'll give you just an example. This gal called me the other day and she wanted, I want to talk to my father. He died last month. And I'm like, well, you know, it's not like takeout. You can't order up spirit. Yeah. Um, but I'll see if yeah. he shows up, he shows up and he did show up. Yeah. So, they usually do. You know, they usually um, do. But also what happens is the spirit that comes through is the one that needs the healing the most. So if the husband stepped back and whoever else was coming forward, then that's who really needed to share. She because had a big it apology. Really is about the spirit. And the thing with the people also is not every medium is for everybody. Yeah, that's right. And sometimes you'll see that where you have a difficult time working with someone you're like oh i can just feel it this is not working because yep. it's we're not for everybody and what happens in the spirit world is they actually go around 
and watch mediums. Mm -hmm. Oh, I like how she does that, but no, I, I don't like that other way. So go do that for quite a long time, kind of interviewing them without you knowing you're getting interviewed. Right. And then they'll come to you who they feel would would do the most service for them for the highest good. And so it's always about spirit. It's always about their healing because let's say that other person came through, not the husband. Maybe that woman really needs to hear from that other person, but yep. she was blocking it and you can't change people. You know, exactly. they're going to decide to do what they do. And when I let's say have a private session and I'm going to do mediumship and or psychic. Um, I never ask spirit for anything. I just say to them, just the strongest spirit communicator come through for the highest good. That's it. Somebody However you come through, I don't demand they tell me things. I don't demand how they show up. And I know um, it used to be taught, oh, you had to have a list of 10 things. How old are you when you died? How did you die? Um, who are you? Husband, wife, whatever. Yeah. I mean, this whole laundry list. And when spirit comes through, they want to share what they want to share. They have a message. They know they only have a little bit of time if it even works. Yeah. So I just allow them to share whatever they want to share. I don't yeah. demand or ask anything of them. Just my intentions for their high good and the high good of whoever I'm doing that for. Um, to remember, it is the healing of two worlds. And whatever story they bring through, if it's about a watch or if it's about the job they loved or the wife they love, that's what they're going to talk about. Yeah. So it, it's kind of like a, a podcast interview. If you just think of it like that, like you kind of in your, in your mind, you have an idea of a format. Oh, we'll ask some questions. We'll talk. But whatever happens. And that's kind of how you have to look at spirit communication. I'm up for it. Okay. What do you want to talk about today? So, so true. if you see it that way, then it takes the pressure off of you. Yeah. And, and you'll know that really it's just about the love. It's about the love they have, or maybe it's forgiveness, or maybe it's an apology, or maybe it might be, you know, you really should quit those cigarettes. Right. I've had spirit tell me that to tell people like, yeah. you can do what you want. It's your responsibility. But um, and then for the naysayers, that's okay. You can believe what you want. Yeah, exactly. I think that, yeah, that's right. Um, and I know there's something you talk about in your book that I, uh, I really, that resonates for me, I should say. I mean, I know lots of people have different, lots of mediums, lots of different spiritual people have different ideas about what spirits are doing on the other side and what happens to people that do bad things on this planet. And I, I want people to read your book, but I think one of the questions that people have the most is sort of what, what are they doing over there? And what is the arrangement in terms of what's the structure, <laughs> the structure, even though they're really, 
I don't know, there's a structure and there also is no time. So it's a little confusing, but what are they doing there? And as far as you understand, and, and yeah. And what about people that are on different learning journeys? Um, people who did good works here, people who did bad things here, et cetera. Yeah. And, and that's like, um, over in the spirit world over, it's not like it's yeah. far away. It's like right, right here. Um, <laughs> yeah. And here's another thing I want to honor is a lot of people see the spirit world as like heaven and hell. Mm-hmm. And and it really heaven is really in your heart. You know, there's the great spirit, the source, and all that, and the different religions, but and I still refer to heaven because you know that's how I was raised, and I like it. But in the spirit world, there's different levels, different dimensions. So let's say like the murderers, the criminals, the really bad dudes. Well, they go to a lower place, but it's not hell because in the spirit world, they always want, if you choose to, to kind of like redeem yourself, to learn your lessons and, and more masterful guides surround those people and welcome those people and they're in their own special place and if they choose to evolve they have that option so it's not like they're sent to prison and you can never do better a lot of them just don't do better but some do yeah and and then there's you know there's learning where they're actually learning to evolve higher to maybe be a guide or to be a master. I mean, that takes, and translating our time years, but, um, or some people want to come back. Yeah. And they want to have more lessons or, oh, I really love that time. I want to do this or that. They have options or some, no, I, I, I'm done. This yeah. is good. I'm good. But there's always the, the growth, no matter what level you're at. And I remember this one little prayer, if I can remember it off the spot, is um, that I talk about it in the book about their, it's the progressed intelligences in the various dimensions. Mm. And, but they are real people. And that's where people start calling them energy. And they're not. They're people. They're real people with real lives and real personalities. So when your Uncle Harry dies, that's Uncle Harry. And Uncle Harry's going to be Uncle Harry. Maybe he was cranky. He's going to be cranky over there. Yeah. But another thing is some. sometimes people want to talk to certain people that pass. Well, not every spirit wants to communicate. Right. Plus, if you think about it, they have to learn a language. Yes. They have to learn. They just don't go over there and, oh, hi, how you doing down there, wherever you are. Um, they have to learn to communicate. And sometimes when you have like a choppy reading too, it could be because those person, maybe they were shy. They weren't outgoing. Um, so they might step back and let a, a stronger, strong-willed spirit person come forward. Um just because of how their personalities work, because yeah. they everyone takes their personality with them. 
That makes that, sense. Yeah. And in fact, I've noticed that too in my own mediumship that some spirits have big personalities and they are so easy to understand. And then yes. I get all, I think that's what happens is I get spoiled by those people. And I think I'm just, I'm nailing it. I mean, not, I don't take, I always thank spirit for it and say, I'm, well, you know, yeah. but, I, but I I've know. also done the work. I've also meditate every day and I've intended to do this work and I've studied and I've done, I still am, I'm going to Arthur Finley if it's the last thing I do. So I want to actually go there. I want to do Hogwarts. I want to be there and I'm happy to go alone. Oh, it's definitely magical. I, I cannot wait for I'll that I'll share time. one little story. Please do, because so, I was going to ask you to. So my yeah. friend and I were in the, used to be the horse carriage. They remodeled it. It's separate from the actual building. You can stay in the actual building or you can go to the separate smaller building. And we wanted our own bathroom. That's why we went there. Otherwise, if you're in the main hall, you share bathrooms. And so we walked all the way back there. It's a beautiful walk. I'd encourage the carriage, stay in the carriage. And okay. And we had this clipboard with these questions because it was an evaluation to see have you spoke with spirit? Who have you trained with? You know, just a questionnaire to assess where you are in your spiritual journey. And when I started writing, my hand was going like this. I mean, I could feel somebody else's hand in my hand. Mm. They were my words, but they were not my writing. And my friends looking like, what's going on? And it was just incredible. We weren't scared or anything. Yeah. We had a bunch of experiences That's like what you were that there for. There absolutely but so spirit you know it always shows up crazy fun it's, ways it, it's true and I think that's the thing is I, I got really spoiled with a bunch of really really powerful energies that just it was that thing where it all just dropped in it came with a lot of my clients like it just came out of my mouth and I even I was shocked and then for a while I just had these readings where I think people might have been coming more for curiosity and I'm going why am I not having that same effect and Clayton reminded me that sometimes the person just doesn't have a, a, a great need for a reading as much as the people true. I noticed and, I, and I've noticed that to be true is I've read mothers who've lost their sons uh, three of them and those souls who died very young have come through like I it was like I wasn't even there they were telling me things memories uh enthusiastically giving me energy and I had chills from head to toe and then there are times where you read someone and you're like I'm just going to say that your grandmother was a quiet person. And the only way I know that is because I'm not getting all that. It's sort of what I'm not getting. That's telling me that this person is a little more reserved yes. just yes. because I don't feel a lot with this person, but I know they're there, but I'm not feeling this rush of energy that I feel sometimes. Right. And, and I think I've sometimes misinterpreted that as I'm losing it. I'm losing the power when some energies are just stronger than others. It's and don't call them energies call them people people oh, that's right people if you see them as people real people and and this is a, a tip i learned too that might help you because i'm sharing whatever i learned um and i learned this one from lisa williams is if you put your hand out and you invite them in you invite them to hold your hand mm -hmm. you'll be amazed I'm going to do that. 
what you can feel from their hand. Is it soft? Is it calloused? Is it strong? Is it kind of clammy? You'll feel and, and it'll be like they're right there with you, oh, standing like right that. next to you. And so try that. I have tons of tips. Um, I know. I love that. And I love Lisa Williams. I also want to study with her very badly because I've been watching her for as long as I can remember, but just because she has a whole, she had a show on TV and they have all right. the, the, the episodes on YouTube and I got hooked on hers. And I like that exercise for myself better than the exercise where we're told, ask them to put something in your hand something significant. So it could be a uh, pair of reading glasses or, but I don't like that because if I ask them to put something in my hand, my brain is going to start to imagine things. My brain's going to want to fill the space with my own thoughts. My brain is going to want to answer the question. What are they putting in my hand? And, and it's kind of like you're demanding it in a way. Yeah. Whereas if you just ask them to hold your hand um, the way I see it, and feel it is so once they hold your hand, you really can blend with them. Yeah. And, and then every, then their memories of whatever it is they want to share come through oh. instead of like, Oh, ask them to put a watch in your hand yeah. or something. Maybe yeah. they don't want to talk about dang watch. Right. Maybe they want to talk about, you never had time at the lake. We had so much fun fishing or something like that. Yeah. Um, and you'll know, you'll get, I feel, a better description of them because when you feel their hand, is it a woman's hand? Yeah. Is it a man's hand? Mm -hmm. Big, small, soft, rough. Oh, if it's rough, then I bet their job, whatever they did, maybe they were a farmer. I mean, yeah. it'll come right. to you. You don't have to like guess in your mind. It'll, right, it will come to you, but you'll you'll feel the difference because you invite them in. That's wonderful for our listeners who have not experienced it, or even who have. I know that we all, as mediums, experience our information differently. The 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 uh, some people are more, as we've talked about, visual. Some are more, I just know, and some people get tingles, some people don't. And I was right. happy because I studied with Monica, the medium, and she. I told her, I said, when I get spirit, I call them spirit tingles because it reminds me of that. It was a sharper image thing. Now they've mass produced. Oh, it. I know that the, thing. The thing on I the have, head. I've given that thing for a gift. Yeah, me too. <laughs> we have it in my, oh, my dad. Head. And that's what it feels like to me when I am connecting with spirit. I feel like that. So she said, that's exactly what it is. She said, I've, that's what it is. She said, I've always described it the same way which was so validating because I think she's one of the best mediums I've ever seen and, and know of. And so everyone, everyone experiences spirit connection differently, but just yeah. for our, for our, I was just going to say for our listeners, how do, how do I formulate the question? It's more, I'd love to give them an example of like when you just said, Oh, I want to talk about the, the lake and the fishing. Um, how do we know that's what they're saying? And I think sometimes you'll know yeah you'll know. like and what's how do you explain that yeah because um you'll feel it you'll feel it in your soul and that's why it's so important to not it's not a meditation where it's a quiet 
meditation. It's actually like I talk about the chakra meditation. That's so important to work with your chakras because when you do, then the mind, you get out of your mind because the mind goes, oh, she's going to work. I can take a break. Yes. It's not that thoughts don't come, but it allows you to have a better connection. So when you build your chakra power, your body through practice of doing that, because it takes discipline yeah. doing this, um, you'll know the shift in the feeling. I was going to shift, that. Yeah. And you'll feel it in your body and it might manifest different ways with different spirits. I, I feel it differently. When I was first opening up again, when I started training, I used to feel like I had a hole in the top of my head. Oh yeah. And sometimes I still feel that it's like, you're saying those kind of I feel tingles. I feel, um, I get a itchy scalp here. I get a very itchy scalp when it's happening and it's been happening while I've been sitting and, with you. But the, but the thing about it is when you're using chakras, the crown chakra is for when you're in meditation, different meditations. Um, it's not for bringing spirit people in. Yeah. You bring the spirit people in with your soul. Mm. Your soul expands out there and, and you blend with the two. It's not like you're channeling the spirit person. Right. It doesn't work that way. That's for a totally different situation. Um, one time I had this man, it was a group setting. So I had to wait my turn and oh my God, my heart was just beat, 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 beat. It, uh, I felt like a horse at the Kentucky Derby. I have felt I, like that before. I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta talk, you know? And sometimes you might feel like that or like this uh, father that passed. He was such a, oh my God, spiritual person. I mean, he was the ultimate own. Yeah. And, and just such a, he was much quieter and slow paced and gentle. Whereas this other guy, this other man that made me feel like my heart was going to pop out of my chest. He was in World War II and he worked for Patton and big, and he was a colonel and this and that. So he was a go-getter. So he came through like that kind of, yeah. um, but that's how you'll feel. And for me and learning about all of this training you always think too much because you want to do well, right? You want to you serve spirit and you want to serve the person. So you put all this pressure on yourself. And the greatest thing I can suggest is like Eileen Davis told me, just think of it as an experiment. Yeah. Free yourself. Yeah. Just allow it, you know, kind of like the law of attraction. You have to allow. Yes. You can't control it. You have to allow. Um, and, and there's nothing evil about it. In fact, spiritualists don't believe in evil. Yeah, I don't. You know, there's I just tend to people either. that do bad things. And sometimes they're really horrific. And, and that gets to the point of the laundry list. Like some people were trained and they used to believe that, okay, give me 10 things. This, this, that. Um, I had these two families that were a joint family, the grandparents, and their teenagers were murdered. Their boys were murdered. Now, do you think those kids are going to want to talk about getting murdered? 
Mm-mm. One, no, it's not important. Two, sometimes when people get murdered or have some really traumatic passing, they don't remember it because in the spirit world, they're in amnesia till they're healed and ready to accept how they transition to the spirit world. So yeah. all they want to know, like I have this other same family, they always wanted to know how did my husband's brother died? Cause there was never an autopsy, et cetera, et cetera. And he died of a heart attack in his car on the way home and ran into a tree. He ran into the tree cause he had the heart attack, right. even though he's 40. Yeah. Um, and he didn't talk about that. He talked about his varsity sweater, who had the varsity sweater. I mean, things that were more significant to him. Yeah. You know, that, so that resonated with me when I read your book as well. You mentioned that in the book about, because I did read a woman who is in deep grief over the loss of her son. And she's just, I, no one ever gets over that but no. she's having an especially hard time moving, moving forward. And um, her son came through so strongly to me, but he didn't, he, I don't want to, I don't know if he wouldn't tell me or if I was not receiving, cause she, there was a lot of mystery and really unusual circumstances. And we know the cause of passing, but there's so many unanswered questions. And I really put this pressure on myself to try to answer that for her. Cause she just wants to know, you know, and I realized, I said, I just, I can't, I can't pretend that I know. I, 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 I keep, cause he keeps focusing more and he keeps saying, mama, you've got to, you've got to stop crying. You've got to stop crying. Not because he's not honoring your pain, but he just kept, he, then he kept trying to distract her with humor. And I kept saying, okay. She was like, but I just want to know. And I just said, why is he bringing up socks with sandals? She's like, because we would always make fun of people that wore socks with sandals. I said, your son keeps going, no, mama, I don't want it. Like, I want to make, he was trying to make her laugh because she's been crying right. two years straight without stopping. And I still left that reading, even though I know he came through so crazy. And, and, and I know he's always, he's one of those that he's like, always, he has such a strong personality. He's like a friend now. And I, his mother keeps in touch with me. And I just was so frustrated though, in a way, but I was like, but I just want to be able to tell her so they can bring her peace. But I also know that may not be for her um, in her best interest to know, because either way we go, was it, was it an accident or did, you know, did he take his life? Did somebody else do this or did either way? I don't think she'll find peace in either answer. What, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, not about her, but just in general. Yeah. About that situation is that sometimes we don't get to know the answer. Yeah. Yep. And they, like he did with you, he'll only share what he wants to share and he wants her to be happy. Yeah. And, and she might never know the answer know. because how many times, let's say somebody gets murdered, which is horrific. I don't mean to make light of it, Yeah. but somebody gets murdered and the family wants to know who did it. It usually never comes through. It doesn't. It usually never comes through. Sometimes you might get a hint yeah. of something, but they don't tell you, oh, it was so-and-so. They don't do that because one, they might have amnesia and not yeah. know. 
Um, two, it's not in your highest good. Mm-hmm. Every soul touches our lives. And by that murder that happened, as bad as it was, it, has, it means something to that soul. Look how many people go to start foundations or go to be um, representatives for survivors, or they go to do great works in their small way, or sometimes they choose never to get over the grief. Yeah. And, and that's their soul plan, their soul lesson. Not that it's written in stone because we have free will. Yeah. Um, so you just have to kind of honor that truth of the person. Yeah. And I think that's part of being a medium is letting go of your own ego. And I say that not in the sense that at any point I've ever felt arrogance of any kind, but it's, I want to know this. I want to be able to help this person. And I have to, I've constantly reminding myself, you have to surrender and know that you don't get to choose what they say, which I know, but there's with a woman like that, you just want to help her so badly, but sometimes. But how you could help her is by educating her. Yep. Which I did. And letting her know. Yeah. I'm sure you did. And that we're we're not always privy to the answers we want to know. And and the most important thing is to go through the grief process. Yeah. And if she chooses not to get to the other side, well, that's her journey. Yeah, it's, I mean, the, what spirit wants is for her to heal the best way she can heal. And I know that sometimes knowing that information will only keep her up at night even more. Um, she'll never be, even if it's, if it was this way, she'll go, well, why, why did that happen? If it was that way, who was it? How did they, you know, and that's just going to, that, that prevents someone from going on with their life, going forward with their life, despite the grief. Yeah. So if you, before you even connect, let's say, well, connect's not the right word, bland with the yeah. spirit person. If you just lay it out, this is how spirit works and, mm-hmm. and how they choose to come through. And I, I'm not able to answer all your questions yeah. or, you know, give a little, a little talk about yeah, How that's why is, we do really. that in the beginning. It's just a yeah. lot of people don't, obviously, a lay person wouldn't know. And a lot no. of people will come in to test a medium, not anyone I've worked with because I'm not at that level yet, but they come in going, all right, so if you know so much, what did my mother say to me on April 21st of 1972? We don't get to choose. And that's where a lot of skeptics will say, well, see, that's then that's that's just an excuse. Who cares? You know, it doesn't matter what and they that, think. And that- that could be an energetic draw too. Yeah. Think about it. I, you know, I, before I do any of this, I just always ask that for the highest good and that whatever spirit person or a person that comes to me resonates with me. Right. Otherwise, why? That's a, that's a really great point. I do the whole prayer. So I, I expect yeah. the best. You expect the best. Um, And as we sort of, I could ask you a thousand more questions and I'm sure that we will continue to have these conversations over and over again. I mean, not over, but many times and I will have, we'll just be talking about spiritual stuff through our whole friendship. Um, I would love to know too, based on what we just spoke about, I, I know that our listeners would be interested to hear about the psychic detective work because how is it, or how do you not, well, I, you can speak for yourself. How do you receive that sort of information? And in what ways can a psychic medium, I don't, you know, whatever you call yourself, um, 
in that capacity, how, what are the ways in which a medium can help? Are you activating your psychic abilities solely? Are you speaking to the soul? What's your experience with that? My experience with that, and that's really an ethical thing too. So you just can't go, oh, I'm going to go help the police solve this. I mean, don't call the police. And even with families, you really have to know what you're doing. Right. Because we are talking heart stuff. Absolutely. You know, I mean, you really have to watch your ethics around that because you don't want to cause any more grief. But the connection part is I'm able to read photos. And and people can read photos or psychometry. Mm-hmm. If I hold a rock, like one time I was given a fossil a fossilized what I look like a rock, but it was actually part of a horse bone from the dinosaur age. And in my image, I saw the actual bone. But anyway, that's another story. So that is the best way first is really practice psychometry, which is mm-hmm. psychic ability. And so for me, reading photos, all I have to do is just hold it. I don't have to look at the image. Okay. Some people need to look at the image to get their information. Mm-hmm. Um, sure, I look at it, but I usually look at it after I've got my information. Um, that's the best way to connect. Like, let's say a photo of you where it's a face and you can see the eyes. Yeah. You know, the eyes, the window to the soul. And you have to study with somebody who knows what they're doing. Like I studied with Pam Coronado. She's been doing this for decades, worked with the FBI. I mean, she's got quite a resume and she's so much fun Mm. and you learn a ton. Um, And I really wanted that to be my life. But spirit said, no, no, you're not supposed to do this. And I was so good. So, and So other than like helping Clayton with that one case and Waxahachie. Yes. But um, so you have to start practicing doing that. And another thing that you have to start practicing, whether you're an artist or not, you have to start sketching. Mm -hmm. You might just get a photo, let's say, of a murder victim. and, And the question is, who's the perpetrator? Who did this? You have to be able to sketch their face. And when I started this, I was a stick figure. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know how to sketch. Um, And so Pam would give us all this homework to do of cases that she had the answers. And then it evolved into cold cases and other cases that they didn't have the answer. But practicing doing that, that was a real discipline to do that where I got to the point, I'm not the best artist in the world, but I could definitely make a likeness. And one time my brother and I were watching this ID show, mm. you know, murder, it was recorded. And, and so we're watching it and I had just finished doing a sketch. So I showed my brother who can draw really good. He's like, wow, that's pretty good. So we go to watch this show we're watching the show and you know it's a dramatization so you don't really know what the real killer or the people really look like yet and then at the very end they showed the photo of the killer and it was the guy i just sketched wow that's so unbelievable 
so that kind of stuff happens. Yeah. I always had trouble. I mean, granted this was during my training. I haven't tried it since I've really started working as a medium, but I used to have trouble with reading photos because it's too easy for me to come up with a story based on a photo. So, you know what you do, you, Mm -hmm. you turn it over Don't look at it. You, I don't look at it. I turn it over and I hold it. Um, like you'll see, oh, what's his name? What's that Hollywood psychic? Um, uh, Tyler Henry? Oh. Yeah, you know how he holds things like this. Yes, like he doesn't photo. look at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and that's really psychic, but that's what you do. But then what would happen, some of these cases, these practice cases we were doing, the spirit person would be at my desk. Uh, so it would be like a combination, even though Pam teaches just do psychic mm-hmm. because she's found that spirit people can lie in, right. in her experience. Yeah. But it, it would be like a combination sometimes, okay. you know, yeah. the challenge might be, are they alive or are they dead? And if right. the spirit person standing there, mm, probably in spirit. Yep. Um, so it really depends on your own experience what what gifts or talents come through because some of the people they could just look at a photo and get all kinds of information just by visually looking and that wasn't my way yeah i just find it too easy to become biased if i see the person and i can see where they were and how they were dressed. And I, I'm like, I know who that guy is. He listens to Jimmy Buffett and he goes to, you know, and he's, he likes, yeah. to, he wears boat shoes. I can tell that kind of guy. And I don't want that because that's the fun of mediumship. I always tell my clients, don't tell me anything before I get on this call with you. I don't want to know a thing. Um, just as little as you can tell me, because that's how I know that what I'm receiving is not coming from my own brain. It's part of how I know. Right. And, and the and the trick with that is if you start getting like a whole paragraph, a whole story, it's probably imagination. Yes. Because when the information comes, it's like quick, boom, 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 quick, you know, um, it happens really fast. So it's these short clips of a film or photos or images or feelings or words. Yeah, that's not, true. It's not put together. It's like you have to put it together. Right. But not make a story, just share what you get. Yeah. And, and not ask questions. Right. A lot of times I like to end these conversations by asking you a big question. Based on everything you've learned and what you know of the spirit world, what is the meaning of life? It's a journey. We're here to learn lessons and I think this kind of gets back to the Esther Hicks and Abraham uh, that we really are here to find joy and our path, how we get there. Sometimes it's easier than others. Sometimes it's a real challenge and you wonder, I wouldn't have chosen this, (laughs) but, but that is, I feel why we're here to find joy. Thank you so much. Mary Campbell, thank you so much for being here. It has been such a pleasure. And I look forward to hearing more from you and, and hearing more about what you're doing. Do you have anything coming up that you'd like to share or talk about? Well, promote? I do have a freebie on my website. It's a 15-minute meditation on gratitude. 
it's a guided meditation so you don't need any skills but it is really delightful it's 15 minutes of bliss and i highly recommend anyone whether they're stressed or if they want to get into any kind of spiritual life or they're curious about spirituality you have to start gratitude it's the foundation gratitude and thanksgiving and so that's free on my website marycampbell.com m-a-r-i campbell.com and of course i have the book solutions from the soul it's on amazon oh and i also have i don't know if this will show up with the lighting oh wait yeah journal of the soul yeah, just a little journal. It's not really showing up too well with my little Zoom background. Yeah. You mean you're not really in Hawaii right now? <laughs> no, but I'm going to be going. So that's oh, why I wonderful. wanted to get in that aloha mode. Um, wonderful. And I'm, I'm going to be doing a free webinar that's coming up for the spiritually curious Ooh, that want thanks. to learn about the spirit world. Because I find that... Um, with a lot of people, like you were saying, you felt isolated or different and this and that. Sometimes with people, it can kind of lead to some trauma in their life that's not resolved. Mm -hmm. And how I really kind of found my grace and my center was because of spirit and Me my too. connection to spirit. Yeah, just like you. And there's a lot of people that if they had that peace, yeah it's within it's not without i mean it's without like the great spirit and the world and awareness and all that but it's that divine spark that's within yes and and your soul that houses that divine spark um that's where you really find joy and happiness oh and thank so, you so much for sharing that that's so beautiful oh thank bless you. you 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 are doing great work and uh I look forward to speaking with you very soon. Thank you again. Thank you so much. It's been a dream. A Had a great time. Me too.